And I think that this time affords great opportunity, great opportunity for connection, for being present to your own mortality. So even as fear may be on the rise, so is generosity, so is potential for connection, so is the urgency to find those relationships that are most important to you and find, and so is the opportunity to pivot your career and think differently about what you're gonna do with your life. Everything's up for grabs right now. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast this week is Lori Gerber. Lori is a head coach of Handel Group Life Coaching, an international coaching company which specializes in teaching individuals to take focused and powerful action in every area of their lives. And this week's new episode is so timely. It's called The Power of Believing in Your Dreams. And this was something I really wanted to talk to Lori about because during a time of so much unrest and uncertainty. We're in the middle of a global pandemic and we are really facing the realities of systemic racism in the United States. And there's so there's just so much going on. We're about to have probably the most important election of our lifetimes in like 70 something days. And so in the middle of all of this, how do you dream? How do you hold a vision for yourself? How do you believe in something that's not here right now or something that you've never had before? And on top of that, what really gets in the way of our dreaming? So Lori and I sat down to talk about these questions and more, and she shares with us the power of a dream and how to really dream with the Handel method behind it. She shares her advice for anyone who feels blocked from dreaming because of quarantine and COVID-19, and she shares how we can really start to believe in ourselves and in something that we've never had before. We talk about the importance of feeling our way to our dreams and how by aligning your head, heart, and body, it really allows you to create an action plan. Plus, Lori also shares where her passion for her personal development began and how she found the Handel Method what it means to stand in your personal integrity, the role of vulnerability in dreaming, what's bringing her joy right now, and so much more. Before we dive in to this week's new episode with Lori, I want to share with you that we are celebrating three years of Seek the Joy podcast on October 3rd. It's literally like a month away, and we are celebrating this year on Zoom, and I would love it for you to join. Save the date for Saturday, October 3rd at 2 p.m. Pacific, and the link to RSVP is in our show notes. I know that this has been such a tremendously difficult time and year for so many of us for so many different reasons, but also for so many of the same reasons. And so I really hope that today's new episode with Lori brings you some comfort. I think it's really timely and will give you a little hope and inspiration to chase after your dreams and to believe in your dreams, I think, especially now. So make sure to join the conversation on our social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. Follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, leave us a rating and review. Ratings and reviews really help the show get seen by new people and tell people what Seek the Joy is all about. So when you leave that review, take a screenshot, send it to Sydney at Seek the joypodcast.com and I'll send you a little something something to say thank you. 
All right, guys, that's it. I'm so excited to share with you this powerful conversation about the power of our dreams with Lori Gerber. And Lori and Inner You, as part of Handel Method Group Coaching, is offering Seek the Joy podcast listeners a special coupon code to check out their Inner You Life, which is their online coaching course. You can find more information in the show notes for today's episode, and you can enter the code Seek the Joy to redeem that coupon. All right, guys, that's it. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Lori Gerber of Handel Group Life Coaching. Where did your passion with personal development begin and your work with the Handel Group? Um, I've heard a little bit about your story, but I would love to dive into it if we can. Yeah. It's funny. I literally just recorded a, um, a talk with my mother, my very own mother <laughs> talking just about exactly where that personal development journey began. So it depends on how many generations back you want to go. But, uh, but my mother introduced me to self-help and personal growth and spiritual work when I was about 11. Um, she took me to yoga centers and Tai Chi and she was meditating in front of me and, uh, I, so I became somebody who was really interested in self-improvement and how to be happy very young in my life. But unfortunately, I found myself in my late 20s having consumed years and years and years of spiritual teachings, practices, lived in an ashram, therapy, of course, books, gurus, courses, still not happy and fulfilled, though I had checked many boxes and accomplished many things. So I looked over at my friend, Lauren Handel Zander, who is the founder of the Handel Group and Handel Method, which I now teach. And she literally looked like she was happy. Mm-hmm. I used to say she looked obnoxiously happy. I still say that. And annoyingly buoyant. So she, just, <laughs> she, had, the same, she had the same situation as I had. She had two kids at home. She had a husband. She had, this was, you know, this is about 15 years ago. So now I have three kids and so does she. But at the time we had two little kids at home, husband, a business, a body, an apartment in New York City, et cetera. And all of this seemed joyful for her. All of, you know, handling all of these things, a family, a body, a sex life, a business, changing the world. And for me, all of that was bringing me no joy or fulfillment. It all seemed in competition with each other. Mm -hmm. It all seemed hard. I was suffering. I was tired. I was cranky. I was being mean to my husband. Um, But she literally, she caused dissonance in my brain, right? Because she was having a very similar looking life on paper, but she was actually happy and making it all work. Guess what I did? I hired her. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll do one more thing yeah. for my personal growth if it ends up looking like that. You know, now I I do a call almost you know every morning with a group of people, a community, and help them, you know, help people get aligned with themselves in the morning. And I think like it really just took me seeing one other person yeah. putting it all together to believe it was possible for me, and then. I rigorously interviewed her as to how she did it and listened for the first time. Yeah. This is so interesting. I love what you just said that it just took one person for you to see and believe that it was possible and it being a happy life, a fulfilled life, feeling the way that you wanted to feel every day. And I think so many of us struggle with this of how can I actually have the life that I want or design the life that I want or allow myself to dream, you know, even bigger than I'm allowing myself. And sometimes I do think it really does start with just believing that it's possible for you. A hundred percent. It really, you know, I was doing 
tons of things, Sydney. I was meditating. I was doing yoga. I was going to therapy. I was writing in a journal. I was saying affirmations. I was studying things. I was doing so many things, but, but the believing is the thing, right? The physical integrity, we say that's the lowest level of integrity. So you can, you can actually be on the dating sites all day long and never find love. You can, you know, I was, I also, you know, ate healthy quote unquote for, for a long time Mm -hmm. and didn't have the body of my dreams. Like you, you can do the thing, but if you don't believe that your heartfelt dream is possible, you're too, you're so powerful. You won't actually get it. Hmm. That's how powerful the mind is. I want to talk a little bit about this aspect of believing because for some reason, I think it, for a lot of us, it feels almost like easier said than done. Like, do I just wake up one day and I believe that all this is possible for me? I'm wondering, how do you start to believe in something that maybe you've never seen before or something you've never had before? Um, but it's something you really want in your life. So if you don't have examples or um, you know someone who's done it or you just have never had it in your own life. Yeah, it's a great question. And I have three answers. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> one, one is we, we the, first, the first thing we do with clients, whether it's in our interview, our digital format or privately, and this is the first thing Lauren did with me when I hired her, was we articulate what we want. Mm. But we look, we try to find something that's emanating from the heart that is a stretch but doable. Mm. So it's not something completely outside your frame of reference, right? So it's not, you know, for me, exercise was not something I did or liked, but it wasn't completely outside my frame. You know, I had run <laughs> the mile in high school, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I had yeah. run around the track. I wasn't like... I didn't understand. Like I had done some swimming, you know, recreationally in college. So it wasn't like I had no concept. So the dream became, became this stretch, but doable concept of feeling wonderful in my body, feeling graceful, feeling buoyant, feeling flexible, feeling strong. And so it wasn't something, uh, so it, it was possible to believe in it because it wasn't completely outside of my realm of understanding. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I couldn't have, my, my coach wouldn't have accepted if I said, I'm going to be an Olympic athlete or I'm going to be a prima ballerina, right? Yeah. Like it, that would not have, there's no way you can trick your subconscious into something like that. <laughs> You're like, that's so, just not going to be it. From, yeah. From where I was, from where I was. Right. right. And then who knows, you know, like you, you can get there in stages for sure. I, I kept iterating over time because I kept, you know, hitting certain goals. So number one, you have to name it in a way that is doable, and own it in a way that's doable. So that starts to make it believable. Second is you have to go see it. You have to hunt it and find it. So um, it's so funny. I was just literally just recording a session with uh, an expert in meditation, and she was explaining the science behind the fact that your brain selectively perceives and remembers only a very small percentage of the Mm. inputs that are coming in. And we're very biased. We have unconscious bias. We know this. So did I see people who were happy eating healthy? No. Well, I did not, Sydney. I couldn't find a one. <laughs> the only people I saw that were happy were people eating ice cream and cake. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was eating, even though I'm allergic to gluten and dairy. Oh, <laughs> soul sister, yes. <laughs> right? So, you know, but I literally couldn't see, quote unquote, couldn't see. Yeah. So Lauren was that first person who not only did I observe her eating in a healthful way, you know, close to the earth and very clean and fresh and in decent in quantities mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that makes made sense for her body. But she loved doing it to her. It was, uh, an, you know, an act of spirituality to eat in this way, mm-hmm. an act of giving honor to nature and God, you know, <laughs> she just like, Love blew it. my mind. And then 
you know, as soon as you start to see that that thing exists, then of course you see it everywhere. So yeah. I can see other people, you know, it's just like your, your Instagram feed, right? Like what's, what are you being fed? Yeah. You know, like, do you want to watch the cake baking channel or do you want to watch the beautiful whole foods channel? So I tuned into that channel. I could start to see it. I could start to believe it. And then the third, which is, I think the most powerful is the coach will always have you start to take actions, simple, small actions. So one of the first simple, small actions we did for me was to eliminate sugar from my diet Mm. and we tapered me off and eliminated that. So of course I could start to believe in having a happy, healthy, strong body. As soon as I started acting in accordance with that, it didn't, I still had tons of weight to lose. I had acne to clear up. I had, you know, gut problems and exhaust, you know, I had all the issues that a human being would have when they live on sugar. Um, but but even in that first day or two, when I conquered my own mind and stayed true to the new plan, the new physical action plan, of course, I started to believe it more. Yeah, because at that point, it's like tangible for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I could tell you that same story in relationship, in business, and you know, you name it, each area. We just went one by one through each area, naming the, the desire or the, the, the dream, as we call it, looking for evidence that it existed, ruling out evidence that it didn't, and taking actions that further proved it possible. I love this three-step method that you just lined up because for me, it feels a lot like you have to, like you said, you said you have to name it. So in a way that's personalizing it for you. And then you Mm -hmm. have to actually go out and find examples, which I think is great because often we are almost limited by the little worldview that we make for ourselves. And so if we can expand beyond what's five, six feet in front of us, but in a time of quarantine, we're staying six feet away from everyone anyway. Um, (laughs) And then you go out and you make a plan for yourself. And that's when it starts to feel tangible. I'm thinking in my head about all the times I've wanted to go and do something. And it really isn't until I make a plan or... I think about what the first step might be that I actually feel like my engine is running a little bit, like it's revving up, like, okay, I feel like I can do this. Because without a plan or a step or an idea of where you're going or you're aiming, it just feels like a free-floating thing. Right. It's like driving without using your GPS. Yeah. It, yeah. You, you, you might get there. <laughs> but it might take longer time. or you might go like the long route or something. Yeah. It's much more helpful to use the GPS. And another way I sort of summarize that is heart, head, and body, Mm. right? We're really trying to program according to our heart's desires because so, so, so much of the time we're programmed by society or culture or our parents or our, you know, our peers and, you know, what we think we should be doing versus programming the GPS to our own personal heartfelt dreams, naming that. Then working on getting our head aligned to it by debunking dumbass theories, as mm-hmm. I call them, mm-hmm. debunking your dumbass theories, and then the action, which solidifies the whole thing. What you just shared, I think, is so um, tangible and something that people can start to put into to practice for themselves. I want to go back to something you said about naming the desire or naming the dream. And I think that's, for so many of us, like feels like such a barrier to entry. Like how do I Mm. go about naming the thing I want the most? Or how do I go about naming the dream? I think there's fear sometimes involved or shame or feeling like I'm not worthy of this dream or desire. Have you found that, I guess, maybe even in your own life or in, in your work with the Handel Group? Sure. And by the way, I would tweak it to say you want to feel it even Mm. more than you want to name it. Yeah. Because we know we know that that feeling state is what makes it more likely to occur. 
so just naming it as a mental process, but feeling it as a heart and a sub, you know, a subconscious level process. Mm-hmm. So we want to imprint it upon ourselves. So I think people, of course, there's a lot of conditioning from our childhood that, that gives us this and our culture that gives us this concept of not worthy, worthy, deserving, not deserving. I think that's all BS. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'd be honest, mm-hmm. I, I, my joke is like, that is the man talking to you, right? Like you do not... <laughs> That I'm telling you, somebody who wanted your money came up with that concept. That is not, yeah. That is not true. It's a superstition. Worthy, not worth. Like who? Who says? (laughs) Right. Like who gets gets to to determine? Right. Who gets to determine that for you? Who determines if I deserve this co this cookie or this raise or this nap or this you know joy, joyful feeling or to sing a song? Like it is utter fiction. And we subscribe to it generally because our inner chicken or our inner brat wants to be in charge. In other Mm -hmm. words, our fear wants to be in charge and keep us safe. So we say, I don't deserve this or, you know, I'm not worthy of this. But really what the truth is, I'm chicken would be a more honest sentence. That that's what I found to be true in my own in my own because. Because what I've also found to be true is that when you go for something that you don't think you deserve, quote unquote, or that you don't think you're worthy of yet, just the act of going for it feels fantastic, even if you fail. Yeah. Yeah. Because in a sense, that's the accomplishment in itself. Like that's that's you pushing yourself beyond maybe it's your comfort zone or what you thought was possible for you. So even just the, the action of going for it, yes. regardless of the result. And I think that's yes. an interesting point because we are such an, a results-oriented group of people, right? Like we, we humans, (laughs) we humans, right? And so it's like you define your success based upon the outcome. But what if the success could be the fact that you went for it, that you tried something new, that you pushed yourself beyond what you thought you were capable of. And maybe part of it is that perspective shift, um, that plays a role in that ability to feel like you can dream too. Yeah. I mean, the joke of it is from my experience, I'm sure you've seen this too, is that once you achieve that goal or that dream, guess what? You just want the next one, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like once, you know, once I got my body into my jeans that I loved, then I wanted toned arms. And then once I got toned arms, I wanted to be able to do a, you know, like it's, it's like if you give a mouse a cookie, right? Like if you, yeah. you, it doesn't, your heart is ongoing. <laughs> it's not, it's not a, it's not a steady thing. You can't put your accomplishments up on the mantle. You're only I mean, sure, they're great and you're happy with them for a bit, but then you just want to dream again. So that's why we we coined this phrase personal integrity as a practice, as a muscle to build. And that personal integrity is the alignment of your thinking, your planning and your actions with your highest ideals. So it's not something you can put on the mantle like I have personal integrity. It's a practice like fitness yeah. or healthy, healthy, healthy eating. Right. It's something you practice and you continue to iterate and you enjoy each and every moment you're present to its benefits and you suffer each and every moment when you're not, you know, in that alignment. So, so it really does become not about the accomplishments, though the accomplishments happen and are great. It becomes about, am I in a state of personal integrity in this moment? How much joy, how much deliciousness can I experience in this present moment, given my alignment with my, my body, my head and my heart. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like to really get into that space of personal integrity and to remain there. And of course we all ebb and flow with that. I'm sure as with any practice, it sounds like it's a, it's about checking back in with yourself and how 
you're what you're doing or what you're thinking or what you're moving towards is making you feel. Um, and it goes mm-hmm. back to what you were saying about feeling the dream or or putting a feeling to it before you even name it, um, which reminds me of something I was talking to a friend about the other day, which is you really won't know like if this is the right move for you or um, if you're you know moving forward with the right idea until you start to feel through it or feel it out um, and see if it resonates and see if it brings you joy or is it just pure stress or is it making mm-hmm. you like dread your next move? Um, so this component of feeling, it sounds like it plays a big role in not only this process of dreaming, but then also of what you shared with personal integrity and checking back in with yourself and, and kind of working and flexing that like a muscle. Yes. And what I think we do that's unique from all those other things that I had tried that enables that feeling is we give you written homework. Hmm. It's really, I mean, we teach this at MIT and Stanford and, you know, so like we've really got it down <laughs> to a, a math and a science and a spiritual practice, but it's, this exercise of writing and writing and writing and iterating these dreams and then speaking them aloud, either to a coach or a buddy. I mean, we have a buddy system inside of our program. And, and it, even if you're not inside of our program, we really recommend you read it out loud to someone, not say it, not think it, not wonder about it, but literally write it down and then read it. And then you see how you feel when you read it to the other person. Hmm. Bonus if they get goosebumps, but that's not the point. The point is you get goosebumps when you read it. So you were asking me like, you know, how, how do we determine it? How do we, sometimes you're really taking guesses until when you read it out loud to another human, you feel it. We also do a, you know, we do a quiz where you kind of analyze all the areas of your life at once because, you know, I came to coaching because I wanted to build my business, right? Mm -hmm. When I looked at Lauren, I thought, oh, look, she's building her business. She seems so happy. (laughs) So I thought, oh yes, of course, more success will make me happy, Yeah, you know? And then the first, you know, she looked at all the areas of my life. She didn't, she wouldn't even have one session with me to talk about my business. It was like, you need to do this homework, module one, every area of life, love, health, sex, money, time, fun, spirituality, family, career, everything. And then she took one, you know, she read what I wrote about what my ideal was in all those areas. And then what my current reality was in all those areas. And she was like, forget it. We're not going to be dreaming in your career. You're not even present. Like you're, 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 you know, you're a food addict, ignoring your marriage, (laughs) hating yourself. Like we can't just skip to making you more money. Like that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. This is such a good point because I think often we want to skip ahead to, um, like, let's say for like, for example, with what you shared, the focus is your career. I want to build my business. I want to, um, make more money, whatever it might be. But when you strip it down, like to the, to the bare bones of it all, there's actually a different place that you need to start with. And that places right. with yourself. Um, and so many of us don't think about it that way. Maybe don't realize it. We don't realize that, um, how we feel about ourselves emotionally, how we're interacting with our relationships, how that then affects our business. Everything right. is so, it's so interconnected. And I think the more that we realize that and we start to work on all aspects, all elements of our life, then that, um, then things will shift in your business. Then things will shift in your personal relationships, but it really all starts with you. hundred percent. That was such a rude awakening. Oh yeah. It sucks when you realize that it's like, really, I got to like do more personal development work or deeper or approach it in a different way. I thought I'd been doing this. (laughs) Well, I I had, I've been doing so, like I said, I've been doing so many things and working so hard, but, but always skipping that tender, vulnerable, maybe it's me moment 
you know, maybe yeah. it's me. That's our, that's our mantra at Handall Group <laughs> where you, you know, she basically said, you know, I'm not gonna keep inter like, I'm not going to keep playing into your game of accomplish more, get a quick high, then fall again, then get a quick high, then fall again. You know, I'm not going to yeah. play into that. I'm going to go down to the roots and dig out the roots and plant you in much more firm soil of self-love and self-respect. And that nobody had ever said that everyone else could make their fast buck on me, teaching me something new or making me do something new, but that, but it wasn't rooted in the, in the, in the right soil. Yeah. This is such a great metaphor or analogy, whatever the right word is here, because you have to, that soil is so important. It's your foundation. Um, but you're right. It's such a vulnerable moment and awakening to be like, maybe it's me. Well, actually it is me. Okay. <laughs> crap, right? Maybe, like I've got definitely. it. Maybe definitely. And so I'd love to talk a little oh. bit about that vulnerability piece of it all. Um, vulnerability is something we talk on the, about on the show quite often. And I think I have found, at least in my life, it's been the root of all change and all mm. of my relationships. And the more you're willing to be vulnerable, uh, the more you grow and the more I think mm. your life changes the way that you would really like it to. Um, so I'm yeah. curious, you know, what your experience has been like with vulnerability and, and maybe what you even talk about or, or speak to in your coaching uh, when it comes to vulnerability. I think this whole, the whole thing is quite vulnerable. I mean, j yeah. even down to the, the concept that personal integrity is personal, right? So the first thing yeah. we do when we get a new client is we go, Hey, scrap, scrap everything. <laughs> scrap yeah. everything yeah. you've been bowing to, unless it's making you happy, right? It's making you happy, keep it. But really scrap everything because we're going to start with your very own heart. Mm. And that first exercise lays you bare, right? We're really asking you, what's a 10 on a scale of one to 10 for you? What would you love to have? What would you love your love life to be like? What would you love your money to be like? What would you love your spirituality to be like? What would you love your career to be like? And I, weirdly, no one had ever asked me that in all the areas before in all my personal growth, maybe one area, maybe. But nobody had ever said, like, no, what, write something poetic, write something delicious, write something that you want to bathe in and read every day. So that's vulnerable, right? That's like, that's, that's like telling someone your fantasy. <laughs> that's vulnerable. And then honestly tell me if that's a 10, where are you now? Oh, shit. I want deep, connected intimacy with my husband, long walks on the beach. Right now what I have is we co-parent, we have a business meeting every night, we bicker, we have had sex, you know, four months ago. Like the, the current reality is a two compared to the mm -hmm. 10. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so that's vulnerable, right? Having to right. put it on a, a scale. We love scales at Hand Dog Group because yeah. it forces you to face the truth. Yeah. And then explain why. Okay, now I have to tell her what's going on in my head. Well, I think he's like this and I think I'm like that and I tried this and I did that. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I just fork over my inner dialogue to her. Right, and then she can see it mm -hmm. right, again, even in our digital program, right? You can, a coach can, you know, if you choose, you know, you get a coaching session for free and the coach looks at it and you've now like forked your life over <laughs> to a human being that has all these tools at their fingertips to, to come back to you and go like, okay, here's where to start. Here's, here are the kinds of actions you need to be taking given your whole story. Yeah. So the whole thing, just the first assignment was one of the most vulnerable things ever. Mm -hmm. And then of course, out of that comes someone witnessing your heart, you know, someone witnessing that which you really care about, someone arguing with your head, like making you really think about what you, what your theories and beliefs are. And then someone telling you like, okay, go do this. You know, like one of the things she told me was go ask your husband why you don't have that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, go actually find out. And then I'm like, oh, shit, that's vulnerable. Like, I thought yeah. that was vulnerable. Talk to you about it. Now you want me to go talk to him about it? She's like, uh, duh. How else are you going to find out? Because all, all your reasons are BS. Why don't you go find out? Yeah. And then I have to go back and report back. Right. So the vulnerability, you know, throughout the entire process and continues throughout the entire process. One of the probably most popular modules we have in our program is the art of a difficult conversation, mm-hmm. which is all about, you know, bearing your own soul, telling your own truth and being open to hearing another person's truth, which yeah. is, you know, peak, peak experiences. And there's always so much I have found like resistance at the very beginning of these vulnerable <laughs> moments. And I can like feel it when you were sharing this story of like, oh God, now she has to go talk to her husband. Oh God, now she has to report. Back. <gasps> okay. Like that must've been, that must've been like, like an oh crap moment. But at, at the end of it, after you did it, did you feel like a sense of um, relief or pride in yourself? Like, what was that like then after you did it? Yeah, exactly. Well, heart, head, and body euphoric because, yeah, you know, on the head level, I disproved my theories that things could, couldn't change. Yeah. On the heart level, I reconnected deeply to the person I said I would love on our and cherish till death was part. And then on the physical level, I rekindled our, you know, like I rekindled our relationship yeah. and, and set it to a whole new level and, and built that self-trust of like, oh, I'm scared of something. I do it anyway. I'm brave. I'm awesome. Now I quote unquote deserve more, right? How do you, how do you become someone who thinks they're worthy or deserving yeah. is you actually keep taking those brave actions. You keep taking those actions. The brat doesn't want you to take, you know, your inner brat and your inner chicken don't want you to take these brave actions. So Again, knowing I had to report back that I had this accountability Mm -hmm. uh, was incredibly helpful because it made me braver. And I also knew, just like now I know as a coach, having done this 10,000 times, she knew as a coach, this is going to (laughs) work. Right. Even if you fail, it's going to work because of how proud you're going to be that you did it. Even if he's, you know, even if he won't answer, even if he says something horrible, even if, you know, you have a fight the next day, like she, she knew. That no matter what, me taking that action that was in alignment with my highest ideals would work. This is such a great point because it all inevitably works out. It just may not work out the way you planned or the way that you had wished for, but it works out the way Uh, that is um, for your highest benefit uh, that will allow you to grow and shift and move. And I think this brings me to something I really wanted to talk to you about, which is we're in... like a global pandemic. And um, I'm in LA and I swear any day now we're going to go back to stage one. And Mm -hmm. so many people um, are in quarantine and have maybe been furloughed or lost their job or are in a space um, that maybe they didn't expect to be. And maybe they feel like, and I've had conversations, so I know there there are some people out there who feel this way, that dreaming, like, how do I dream right now? Like, how do I plan for more when I'm just trying to, um, just trying to get by? I don't know if that makes sense, right. but I'm curious, you know, in the last couple of months while we've been in this pandemic, um, what have you been saying to people maybe who feel blocked from dreaming as a result of quarantine, or maybe they feel it's difficult to hold like this vision for themselves of the future or for their dreams when there's so much uncertainty. Mm. Yeah. I think you've really summarized well what a lot of people are experiencing. Of course, the first thing I ask myself is what's my belief about this? I I don't go to the action. I go to the belief. 
belief and what's my belief. And my belief is that this pandemic and this quarantine and, uh, you know, all the social unrest and all of the flux and uncertainty and energy that we're experiencing right now is for the best and for the highest good. Mm -hmm. So I, I really do train myself and train others to pick the belief that I want to believe. Am I right? Who who the heck knows? (laughs) And and, and when will I find out if I was right? Never. Yeah. So I choose, um, and I think that this time affords great opportunity, great Mm -hmm. opportunity for connection, for being present to your own mortality. Um, So even as fear may be on the rise, so is generosity, so is potential for connection, so is the urgency to find those relationships that are most important to you and find, and so is the opportunity to pivot your career and think differently about what you're going to do with your life. Everything's up for grabs right now. So Mm -hmm. I I think, um, I think the uncertainty is perfect fodder, perfect um, backdrop for, for dreaming. And the good news about the kind of dreaming that we suggest you do is that you do not need to know the how, and you do not need to know the exact what. Mm which is great because we know our minds are so limited, right? We know our minds are so limited to what we've experienced in the past or what we think we've experienced in the past, which is biased. So it's much more important to articulate how you want to feel. Like as you know, we we will circle back to that as we started with what, what do you want to feel? So I, you know, when I came to Handel Group, I, I wanted to build my business, but as soon as I figured out what I was doing wrong in my business, which she handled very quickly, uh, I realized, you know, this is great. Now I know how to ha- hack this, but the truth is I'm not really fulfilled in this job, right? Like mm-hmm. I figured out how to do the physical integrity and how to succeed, but the purpose of this career is not fulfilling my highest purpose. I want to be helping people more. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. I literally had no, idea. I just knew I wanted to help more. All I knew was I wanted yeah. to be making an impact on the planet. I wanted to work from home. I wanted to make my own hours. I wanted to be with people I loved and respected and I wanted to be challenged. That's all I knew. That was my whole dream. Yeah. There was no, you know, there was absolutely no title that went with that job that I knew of. And so what my coach made me do was she, there's always a physical promise, right? There's always an action you have to be taking. So the action we decided that would be the, the most conducive to me figuring this out was six hours a week in self-study on, I called the course, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? That was the name of the, that was the name of the course. I was the instructor, the TA, the curriculum developer, the admissions committee. I had all the jobs in what I called it homeschool, homeschool, grad school. Yeah. Okay. So homeschool, grad school. And the course was what the fuck are you going to do with your life? And I sat myself down at my computer for six hours a week, just like you would do for a college course. And I studied and I researched and I did informational interviews and I looked at people that I admired and I found out what their paths were. And I just earnestly did the physical integrity that would go with trying to figure out how to get that dream, even though I really did not have a, I mean, I looked at grad school for social work, right? Like there were paths that had been charted and I was like, absolutely not. No, (laughs) I don't know. I don't want that path, right? So I looked at all the obvious paths and they all were ruled out because either my head didn't like them, my heart didn't like them, or my hoo-ha didn't like them, <laughs> right? Like it didn't turn me on, it didn't light me up, or it didn't make sense for my life. So in that delicious process, 
so you right. So sometimes you know exactly what you want and you have to figure out the right action plan and you have yeah. to get yourself to believe it. But sometimes you don't know what you want and you just know a few of the feelings. You just know, like, I want to get to a beautiful cathedral, but I don't know that it's St. Patrick's Cathedral. I just know I want to go to a beautiful yeah, cathedral. Yeah. So you can't tell the GPS all the things. Now you have to start looking at maps and you have to start looking at pictures and you have to start researching and earnestly doing the work to get yourself closer to it. If you'd like to hear the moral of this story, (laughs) one of the assignments was to brainstorm possible options and then assess them based on head, heart, and hoo-ha. Head being is a practical, heart being do I love it, and hoo-ha being does it turn me on, would I be proud to talk about it with people? Mm -hmm. And at the time I wrote, life coach was one of the options, and I wrote, um, that sounds like a quack. (laughs) I would be embarrassed to tell anybody I do that. And then I wrote in little parentheses, but if I could do what you do, Laura, and I'd probably be, be pretty happy. Yeah. Right. But then yeah. I scrapped it because even though heart got a nine out of 10 head, cause I wasn't going to, you know, pay for the training and hoo-ha, I wasn't going to tell anybody life coach. Those were a three. Yeah. So I could, that I couldn't pursue that. Right. And then I looked at, Oh, I'll be a rabbi. Right. Great. Like all the power, all the, you know, status of being a <laughs> rabbi. And I, I would probably love leading people. That'd be yeah. great. And then it was like, live in Israel for a year with two young children. No, like, nope, no head three. Right? Like, so everything I could, you know, social work school, forget, like, I just couldn't, it just didn't, there was nothing that was showing up that hit all yeah. three. Yeah. And if you're listening right now and career is not your thing, maybe love is your thing, right? You keep bringing in people and they hit two out of three, but not all, you know, but not yeah. all three yeah. Yeah. Of, of your needs and you're, but you're earnestly in the program. So I, I, I loved my dream. I believed in my dream. I was earnestly doing the physical integrity. I was fighting my mind. I was debunking my dumbass theories. This is possible. This is possible. This is possible. And then all of a sudden, one day, a job became available. Mm-hmm. Unexpectedly, the president of the life coaching division of Handel Group left unexpectedly. And all of a sudden, the Handel Group needed an executive, mm-hmm. a president to help run this small division of this at the time, small company and put this method out into the world. And I thought, president, now I, I could, I could tell people that <laughs> oh I think God. I could manage to utter yeah. the word president next to me. Meanwhile, I, that's what I was. I was the president of a small company. Oh. So, you know, like that's, that's what I had been doing. So my skill set was decently, um, matching. Yeah. I loved the methodology. I was already deeply, you know, immersed in the methodology. I was now going to be able to get trained within my job versus having to pay for it separately. Lo and behold, head, heart and hoo-ha, nine, nine, nine out of 10. <laughs> I love it. Yes, I will take the job. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> oh, so it's really about exploring the different possibilities within the wider dream. So even if you feel blocked or it's a weird time or there's uncertainty, just to continue to the practice of exploring and the practice of looking at the different, you know, roads that come out of that larger dream um, and then feeling your way through it. It sounds like that's really that's really the key here. Yeah. That was my that was my very long answer to your question. No, I loved what it. If, what if you're not sure? <laughs> no, I loved it. Sure? What if it's a time of uncertainty? Yeah, because we learn so much from other people's experiences um, and other people's um, journeys, and that's what's so fun for me to have these about having these conversations. Is um, there's so much to learn from someone else who's been through it or has put these methods and practices 
uh, into practice for lack, yes, for exactly. lack of a better word. Before we go, um, I have two final questions for you. And the first one is what is bringing you joy right now, um, in your life in this quarantine, but, but in life in general, it gives me the most pleasure to share these tools with people. It, it really has always been my dream. I can even remember back to being very young and very small and thinking if I ever figure out how to be happy, mm-hmm. all I'm going to want to do is tell people about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to do is Share and spread the wealth. Yeah, because the also, I mean, it's selfish too, right? The more I talk about it, the more I have to stay true to it myself. So yeah. it's it, that is what gives me great joy. And I have so many more opportunities now because I'm not stuck on any airplanes right now, Sydney. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, practically every day I'm either on Instagram or, you know, live on Zoom just supporting people in doing this exact work that I'm talking about. So that, that brings me great joy. Oh, I love the accountability aspect of it all. The more you share, the more you hold yourself accountable. Um, and then my last question for you, and this is the question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast, and it's so timely uh, for our conversation, um, but it is, what is your biggest dream? Oh, just to teach a critical mass of humanity how to tell the truth and make that seem really sexy and fun. Oh, I love it. And you just had a TED Talk, right? Or a TEDx Talk. I did, yeah. About that very topic. Yep. Secret-free diet. I love it. We're going to, I'm going to link to that TEDx in the show notes and so everyone can check it out. But Lori, I have loved having this conversation with you. It is so timely, I think, to talk about dreams and um, exploring your dreams and aiming for the different possibilities. And I think what you shared is so true that now more than ever, it is such a great time to do that. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, and sitting down with me. Where can everyone find you, um, find the handout method, connect and learn more? Awesome. The best place to connect with me is on Instagram, which is Lori Gerber underscore coach. Uh, there you can find, you know, all of the free stuff I do and just, you know, about my daily life. Of course, Lori Gerber <laughs> underscore coach, um, at Handel group, H-A-N-D-E-L-G-R-O-U-P is the Instagram handle for Handel group. (laughs) Um, And that's where also all of our recordings go. So we record a lot of what we do and that's there. So you can go back in time and catch up. But the thing I recommend everyone do right now, especially since you're getting half off because of pandemic times and because of you, Sydney, is to go check out Inner You Life, which is the digital version of our coaching method, affordable really for everyone. Um, and that's why we did it. That's why we put it digitalized is so yeah. that anyone could learn the method, do the exercises, get a buddy, have a private coaching session, be part of our group coaching. All of that is included in the lifetime subscription and in the extremely, extremely low price. It's kind of insane. Yeah. Um, and you guys have a code specifically from this podcast, which is seek the joy. And Seek the Joy will always give you some form of a discount, but right now it's giving you a half-off discount. So for the price, yeah, for the price of a private coaching session, you get a private coaching session plus ongoing group sessions plus the entire methodology plus all the uh, exercises. So if you are ready to start dreaming, you know, and putting that stuff into action, this is definitely a very, very easy self-guided way to do that. Yeah, I'm so excited um, that we're doing this, that 
you guys are giving half off with the code seek the joy so i'll make sure to exactly. put everything in the show notes where they can find the program and connect with you and everything will be there and Lori, just thank you so much again this was such a great way to start off uh, my tuesday morning so I'm, I'm excited to share it with everybody wonderful thank you so much sydney